Lord, you know our hearts and you know our need. You know our lives better than we do. You probably saw this coming because you know the end from the beginning. And maybe we should have seen it coming too. But now, Lord, we need your guidance. We need you. We need you to show us what comes next. We need to show us how to take the time to focus on you. To help settle the noise. To close down on the confusion, the frustration, the distractions. So, Lord, focus our minds. Help us to see you better. Help us to hear you in the silence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Moses had been afraid. That's why he left Egypt. He was afraid. The Pharaoh was out to kill him, and he ran from Egypt, and he ran away into Midian, where he found a family. And one day, Moses was watching over a flock of sheep for his father-in-law. And we're told that he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. He was way out there in the wilderness. And in Exodus 3, verse 2, we're told there was an angel of the Lord that appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And Moses thought, I, I'll go over and I'll see this strange sight, why the bush is not burning up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And Moses had an amazing moment with God. An experience at that burning bush that changed the rest of his life. When I think about this story, it seems to me that Moses could have missed it. He could have missed the whole thing because we're told that he's going along tending the sheep and the Bible account says that he just sees this thing and he thinks to himself, I guess I'll go over and see. Like, he had to be curious enough to go. What if he had, what if he had been glued to the glow of the screen of his phone or he decided to stay home that day and watch the world from a more comfortable place? He would have missed the entire encounter with God. The whole experience that Moses had that day was a life-changing encounter with God simply because he was available and God gave him in that moment a holy ground experience. 1 Kings 19. Elijah was also afraid. And he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left the servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, notice, wilderness, he came to a broom bush. This one wasn't burning. And he sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. I had 
I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And at once an angel touched him and said, get up, eat. He looked around. There by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. And he got up and he ate and he drank. And strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. See, Elijah is about to have a holy ground moment. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. Maybe it should be in the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Don't expect God to meet you exactly the same way that he did someone else. For your experience is your encounter, and it's made just for you. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out, and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Frustrated, afraid, lonely, And God's answer to Elijah is to tell him exactly what he needs to do, to go back, to work for him, to anoint another, to create a mentorship. And he reminded him, most importantly, that he was not alone and that he never had been alone. So I'm asking you today, how do we meet God in our world? How do we find holy ground? 
Now, you might see a burning bush and have to swerve off a 436 or I-4 and see what it is. You might have an Elijah experience, but you'd have to be on vacation because there's no mountains in Florida and not likely to have an earthquake here either. So how do we meet God today? So here's another story. I think the answer is here. Luke chapter five, start with verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Verse 15, yet the news about him, about Jesus, the news about him spread all the more. He said, don't tell anybody. But the news spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Did you catch it? It's not the story about the leper. It's what Jesus did after. When the crowds of people came looking for Jesus to heal them and when there were so many around him that he could not heal them all, not because he wasn't willing, but because there simply was not time, we're told that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is how God is found. Even Jesus needed to continually experience time with the Father. Go to a place where there might be holy ground. And when Jesus came around the people, they gathered around him in crowds. The story is told over and over again in the, in the Gospels that they would gather around him in crowds. And we think that we are busy and we have too much to do. But when was the last time that you had to slip away from the crowd of people asking for your healing touch and waiting for your words of hope because you just had to spend more time in prayer? If anyone had an excuse to skip a day of prayer, Jesus had the excuse because of the good he was doing in the lives of those people. But we're told that often he stopped healing where there were more people waiting to be healed. He stopped spending the time teaching when there are more people waiting to hear his words because he needed to spend time with the Father. The stories are numerous of Jesus healing wherever he went. In one of those places in Luke chapter 6, we're told the story of how he healed on the Sabbath. And the next thing it says is in verse, 20, verse 12, one of those days, this is the days that he was healing lots of people, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying with God. 
because praying all day was not enough, he spent the night also. Because Jesus needed quiet away from the noise. He needed the strength that could only come from time with the Father. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Some versions say lonely place. How do we meet God today? Jesus went to a solitary place, a quiet place, a place without noise and distraction, a place without Facebook and cell phones and the dings and the pings, a place without the screens that are constantly moving in front of us, a place without the sound that is constantly playing in the background. And that is where he found strength. In that place of silence, Jesus nurtured and grew in the deepest and most valued relationship in his life. In that relationship with his heavenly Father, he found purpose and strength to become our Savior, and he lived a faithful life trusting in the one that he knew so well. I don't know how you do this. You may have a room, a table you sit at, Maybe it's a spot under a tree. Maybe you find your car a quiet place of refuge. Just turn the radio off. I don't think the location is what matters the most. I think it's the time. Parenting pros remind us that to a child, love is spelled T-I-M-E. I think it works for most of us, even God. The people that I want to have a relationship with, I requires time with them. Have you ever noticed how Jesus walked everywhere with his disciples? It occurred to me that being who he was, he could have asked somebody to give him a horse or a camel or maybe even a chariot. There were a lot of people ready to help Jesus. He could have gone around much quicker. He could have gotten every place he needed to go and probably gotten more places, three and a half years. But speed was not the purpose of his ministry. His ministry was about reflecting the Heavenly Father and doing his will. And the only way that he could do that, and the only way that he could disciple his friends to know how to do that also, was to move slowly, to take time, to shut out the rush, to move away from the crowd, to not listen to the noise, and give space for the voice of God to whisper in his ear. See, even Sabbath is supposed to be a refuge in time, 
away from the noise and the hurry of the weekly world. And if the Sabbath is about worship, and Jesus is the one who is worthy of our worship, how do we turn our time into holy ground? Time with Jesus. I know I need more time with Jesus. I need to experience more of him every day. I need to sit with him, walk with him, worship him. I think it's about time. <laughs>